Welcome to this week's edition of the Needham Say More podcast. I'm Aaron Pressman. And I am Doug Fox. Thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, we are going to talk this week, I think, about candidates for election in a couple of important town boards. But first, we have some follow-up. Uh, Doug, you lead off. Uh, so you, got the, you got the hot seat. So when we talked about the downtown, uh, I mentioned the cost of the Memorial Park Fieldhouse building. And I uh, incorrectly stated it was 12 to $14 million. Uh, John Bullion uh, has corrected me that it was... Six and a half million. So I, I only had it. Uh, I only had it two hundred percent too high. Um, All right. Well, we fixed that one. Too bad. The other th- the other thing to mention is that in the lengthy and ongoing debate over how to, if at all, to rezone uh, the area by Muzzy Ford and Channel Five uh, last week, the planning board met and voted for a new, uh, somewhat scaled back uh, proposal that they want to bring to town meeting. Um, I don't think in this little bit of follow-up we should get into too much detail. And also, I was a little frustrated by how little information is publicly available anywhere uh, about this planning board vote and change. Uh, but that will probably be a, another whole full issue, our our third full episode on Muzzy Ford coming up. So stand Yeah, by I've only that. been able to get it secondhand, so I agree. I don't think we can state what it is until we can really see it. Because I, I, uh, I missed the planning board meeting when they reviewed it. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about the uh, select board election and the school committee election. Uh, which you want to start with? Let's start with school well, committee. I actually would just wanted to start overall with the fact that oh, yeah. there's okay. a town election coming up on April 13th. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, town elections in general have abysmal turnout. Um, you know, like I, we obviously had a huge turnout for the national election in the fall. And in general, I think turnout for these is like somewhere between like seven and 9% overall. So really, really low. Uh, but it seems like there's a lot more excitement about this. So I'm hoping we'll have a large and, you know, greater turnout than normal. Uh, and I also want to mention for people who are interested in voting, which should be anyone who's listening to this, there is no automatic mail-in voting this time, like there was in the fall. If you want to do an absentee or mail-in vote, you have to submit an application. You don't have to state a reason, but you do need to submit an application, which can either be can be downloaded online and either sent via mail, uh, email to the clerk's office, or you can drop it off in the town hall correspondence box. Uh, and I forget the deadline for that, but that is coming up. So if you're interested, you should get moving on it. You should definitely vote. If you're part of that hardcore, dedicated audience of the Needham Say More podcast, you're interested <laughs> enough in Needham to vote. So please vote. If you take the time to listen to our podcast, you obviously are are greater than the average citizen. So yes, please, you should yes. you should vote. So All right. So let's start with the school committee. The school committee has seven people on it who are on for three-year elected terms, but only a couple of people come up per year. This particular year, uh, both Heidi Black and Sue Neckes, who have been on the school committee for some number of years now decided to retire or not run again. So we have two open seats and we have three candidates running, uh, Liz Lee, Mike O'Brien, and Rebecca Weber. So it's going to be two new fresh uh, opinions and perspectives, no matter who wins of the three people. Um, Doug, what do you what? Give a little, give a little summary of, of kind of each of the candidates backgrounds. So I, you know, just, I, I'm starting in alphabetical order. Um, so Liz Lee, um, is a former teacher. So she's a life, lifelong in education. She spent 10 years as a classroom teacher. She now is a professor at Leslie 
teaching teachers. So she supervises student teachers. Um, she also does some consulting around that as well. Um, and like all of these individuals, has been very active in the Needham community. Uh, she's a past president of Parent Talk. She was in the Needham Education Foundation, uh, Citizens of Needham Schools. She founded that thing, Let's Build, that does the STEM in the schools. Um, she has three kids that are in or have gone through Needham School. She has one in college, one in high school, and one in elementary. Um, so that's her background. Uh, the second one is uh, Michael or Mike O'Brien. Um, he is also very, very active in town. He is a town meeting member. Uh, he's a PTC board member at Newman. He has two kids currently in Newman. Uh, he was part of the elementary hybrid task force for K2, so I'm sure uh, Aaron knows him closely from that. He uh, is one of those people that kind of coaches everything, basketball, baseball, and soccer. Um, he has uh, an MBA from uh, the University of Florida, and he's been working in development for universities for the past nine years, all local universities, helping them raise money, Bentley, Northeastern, BU. Um, and prior to that, uh, uh, spent his career in sales. Um, and the third is Rebecca Weber. Uh, she also has two kids at Newman, two elementary age kids. Um, she works in innovation at CVS Aetna, um, trying to, uh, you know, figure out ways to innovate for two, you know, really large bureaucratic companies. Uh, she was a former consultant at Innosite, which was Clayton Christensen's consulting firm. So helping, helping, doing the same thing as a consultant, helping big companies innovate. And she at one point was part of the MIT Media Lab, uh, which is all about you know, launching new companies and doing innovation. Uh, and, you know, one of the things she's done all along is met, is using metrics to kind of drive and, 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 and look at new ways of doing things. And she's done some of that in town recently as she is uh, one of the co-founders of Equal Justice Needham. And she's been the one like digging her hands and requesting and analyzing all of these uh, town policing data. Right. So I think, you know, just a couple of very, uh, high level distinguishing characteristics there that you may have that you mentioned, but I just want to highlight. Um, Mike O'Brien and Rebecca Weber have elementary school age kids that have that are in the Needham Public Schools. Lizzie has kids kind of like of all ages, uh, but a little bit older that are that are in the Needham Public Schools. So I think all three of them, any of the three of them, would bring a uh, parent's perspective to the schools. And the two retiring school committee members had kids who went through the schools, but ha but all their kids um, have since graduated. So yeah. one thing that will definitely happen is that um, I think we'll be getting a lot more of a current parents perspective on the school committee, which is, which is which is very useful and very good. Right now, uh, Andrea Carter, the uh, chair, and Matt Spengler, one of the other members, have kids currently in the schools. Um, and they really, uh, I think, contributed quite a bit to the discussion and the push uh, to improve remote learning and to bring back kids and fix hybrid learning also because they had, uh, you know, a little bit more direct experience than the rest of us where our kids have aged out of the Needham public schools. But all three of these currently have one, at least one in elementary school um, and up to two. So it, that is a nice, nice addition, you know, no matter, no matter who we choose across all three, um, that will, that will bring a new fresh perspective um, to the school committee. 
The other thing that's interesting to me that's different is the way that uh, kind of the lens that each of the three candidates is bringing from their previous activity, you know, to the extent we can determine it from their activities in town and everything. So Liz Lee, as you mentioned, has been on Citizens for Needham Schools and the Needham Education Foundation. So for a long time, she's been engaging with and trying to improve kind of the school system itself. So she kind of brings that piece. Um, and she Rebecca, does that. She yeah. does that all over too. So she does that. She does that in Boston. I mean, that's 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 like her job is to yeah yeah is to yeah. improve it. So it's, it's yeah, but especially in Needham, you know, she's bringing that lens of someone who know you know, for instance, who probably knows about debates about past school building projects or over testing or other debates which have happened in Needham debates around the budget. Um, I would expect her to be pretty familiar with them. Um, Rebecca Weber is, as you mentioned, you know, one of the founders of Equal Justice Needham. And in fact, when the kind of question came up about diversity and anti-racism at the League of Women Voters Forum the other night, you know, she started talking, she's very interested in that topic, but she even started talking about her work uh, analyzing the policing situation in Needham. So, you know, she, I think, wants to bring a data-centric and very rigorous, uh, tough approach on anti-racism and diversity um, that she's previously already been working on in town in other departments. Yeah, which is, um, and I, I, I will tell you, that is something that comes up all the time um, for people, parents in town who have children of color in Needham schools. There has always been a perception that the way they are taught or how they are treated is not optimum. So that is something that I know I've heard over and over again. I know people who have had children of color in Needham schools who have chosen to pull them out or even chosen to move from town because of that. Um, I mean, I think the interesting thing, I, I don't, I mean, once again, I say there's a perception we have a problem. I love the idea of creating data on that and seeing whether there actually is. It's my same attitude on the policing thing that she's doing is I always heard for years there was a problem. What does the data show? Right. Like, I think that that's I think I think that's a great approach of uh, rather than jumping to innovate to really, you know, what data are we tracking? What aren't we tracking and, and, and take a look at it, which, you know, that's that's very aligned with what I would like to see across the town, across all uh, leadership. Uh, really right. job of track. We, so. we should also mention in that context that Liz Lee, this is a part of her um, professional career and that she's actually uh, consulting with some school systems on developing anti-racist curriculum. So she's also clearly going to bring a lot of knowledge to the table. Uh, one of the things that struck me about Mike O'Brien is that he's been extremely active as a parent at Newman. You know, he has yeah. been a room parent. He has been uh, an officer on the PTC at Newman. Yes. He, you know, he is really, uh, of the three of them, he uh, strikes and he's been coaching a bunch of teams. He, he's sort of been in that traditional parental uh, role around town that people often, you know, that's a way that they get more involved with schools um, and brings that sort of really strong uh, sense of the parental community and what, um, you know, parents want for their kids, what the parents want for the best for their kids. Uh, he kind of brings that lens. It sounds yeah, like. totally. Like, I mean, I, I think if you look at the three of them, he is he really is there as a parent. He's gotten involved in everything as a parent, um, you know, with his two kids across everything that he's doing. So um, I do just want to make a point. You talked about anti-racism curriculum. I want to draw like a, a somewhat difference because I know Needham, Needham recently put in a, a anti-racism curriculum. So anti-racism curriculum 
is about teaching all of the kids in need of about anti-racism. The thing that I've heard people talking about is different. It has to do with how different types of kids are taught by teachers when you have a situation where you have a great supermajority of a certain race culture. Um, what adjustments are you making for teaching those other cultures? And I will just tell you, my wife, who's a teacher in the Boston Public Schools, they are hyper-focused on that because her, her classrooms are like the United Nations. Like She literally looks at each kid's background and comes up with different ways of teaching them based on that. And there is a perception whether this is accurate or not. Once again, I think it's something that would be interesting to see what the data shows of whether you know our teachers do that, where there's a much smaller percent that kind of fit into different cultures. Right. So what you're talking about is generally under the rubric of um, equity and inclusion. And we often look at um, academic achievement gaps. And we look at the different groups that we have in Needham and we study sort of um, how test scores are different among different groups. Um, and I know that um, under the METCO director, we have started a number of programs, for example, uh, working with um, kids, kids for, particularly coming in from Boston, but, you know, trying to improve math scores and close the achievement gap on math, for example. But that is obviously a big uh, challenge in, in Needham and everywhere. Yeah. And, and I just want to say, like, it's not like to me, what I'm talking is almost a precursor to like the testing. That, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in this at all. In fact, my wife will hate, like, I'll, I'm going to mention a lot of what I learned from this is from her, is she talks about, you know, she's a kindergarten teacher in the city of Austin, that kids come in and depending on where their families are from and what type of upbringing they have, they have come in with different familial rules and cultures, which just little things like if as a teacher, you're very rigid about everyone lining up in a complete straight line, for example that there are certain kids of certain cultures that are going to really struggle at that. And then it could impact their confidence early on, which then studies would show impacts things like testing later on. So like that early confidence as a kid going into a classroom is, is, is I think more what, what I'm talking about as someone who once again, knows enough to be dangerous about that. Yeah. Sounds pretty dangerous. I think. All right, let's Very move dangerous. on to, let's move on to the select board. Uh, the select board has five people on it also who uh, serve three-year terms. This year, two people are up for re-election, Mo Handel and John Boulian, both longtime members. And John Boulian chose not to run for re-election and to retire. So Mo Handel is running. And then three new candidates are running uh, as potential uh, additions to the select board. Uh, Lachmi Balachandra, Marcus Nelson, and Sergey Zidanovich. So we have four candidates running, and basically the top two vote getters uh, are going to get seats, and that's forty percent of the select board. So it's potentially a huge amount of turnover. Where in the school committee we're talking about two out of seven, here we're talking about two out of five. And when's the last time we had a new person on the select board? I think was it Matt Barelli? I mean, it's been a while. Uh, it's either Marianne or Matt Barelli. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. It's been a while, and. It, it's even been a while since there really has been a contested election. There's been some people that have run, but not ones that have created as much excitement, you know, as, as it seems this time. You know, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Yeah, I think you. I think there have been occasionally contested elections, but never really, really serious and deep um, pools of candidates. Like we have four people here, run, you know, four serious people running for two seats. 
Um, so do you want to give like a little, uh, your little mini bio for these four? Sure. That sounds great. So uh, I'm once again going in alphabetical order. Lakshmi Balachandra. Uh, she grew up in Needham, went to the same Needham schools I went to. So she was a High Rock Newman Needham High School uh, graduate. Uh, her parents owned Peacock Feather, which I don't know for anyone who grew up in town in the 80s or 90s. That was like the little kids, like all, all the kids were in there all the time. Really neat gift stuff. Um, well, my kids, my kids in the 2000s were, were in there all the time, too. So it was still there. It's, I, I feel like it was there when we moved back. And I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still there yeah. for a while. Um, so she is a professor of entrepreneurship at Babson for the past eight years. Um, she has both an MBA and a doctorate. Um, and she's in for, a former uh, investment banking and venture capitalist before that. Uh, so very interesting background. She has three kids at Broadmeadow and is a town meeting member. Um, second, and, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows all of the amazing work Mo Handel has done. You know, I, I think if you probably put up names of people who have been involved in the most things in the town, you know, I, I think Mo has to be right at the top of the list. Um, he's been a resident 30 years, 30 plus years, uh, select board. Uh, he's been on, the, uh, was on the planning board for 13 years, town meeting member for 25 plus years. Um, as I know, I know he was one of the ones that really, uh, drove the refurbishment of the great hall. Um, and I know he was president of Needham history museum when that was relocated and expanded. Um, and he's been involved in all sorts of additional things, uh, past president exchange club, uh, Needham history museum, as I said, uh, the, uh, uh Needham Heights neighborhood association, which of course we've been hearing a lot about lately that he's been very heavily involved in that for a while. Um, and he's also involved in some stuff through that, you know, at, a, at more of a regional level, such as he's on the executive committee of the Metropolitan Planning Council, which is does sort of the, you know, kind of think of our planning board. This is regional planning for 101 cities and towns all across. Um, and, I, and this is a while back. I think his kids were about the same age as, as I was, but he did send his three kids through Needham schools um, as well. Um, and uh, third, Marcus Nelson. Um, who, you know, is very well known in town through the number of years he spent uh, at the YMCA as a program director in Needham, uh, really, you know, driving a lot of the things that our, our kids were involved in. Um, amazing, high energy individual, great empathy, great compassion, you know, someone who just makes a mark on anyone that, that he ever meets. He's currently the director of operations for the YMCA. So I think he has more of a regional position. Um, he's been involved in the human rights committee. He's part of Nuari, um, in the past year. Um, and you know, once again, I think he's just one of those things. I think you served with him, right? On something, Aaron was, I was on the Y board. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he just, he's one of those people that like, you know, he leaves an impact on everyone that he meets. Um, and, uh, the fourth candidate is, uh, Serge, uh, Zdanovich. Um, he is a 32 year resident and homeowner. Uh, he lists himself as a former uh, town meeting member. Um, I actually have a hard, I had a hard time getting a lot of background on him, but he has spent 30 years in an, as an instrumentation manager at uh, Boston University is what his career is. Um, and he talked about uh, um, some things that, you know, some certain developments or whatnot that had impacted him that kind of led, led to him uh, looking to uh, run. I think, you know, there are a lot of ways uh, we're, we're struggling a little, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to, get, to describe all these candidates, but I do feel like it's useful. And I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but I do feel like Serge stood out from the other three candidates during the League of Women Voters questioning in that he clearly has a very different point of view on 
some of the most basic issues. And so, for example, when he was asked how Needham should deal with the climate crisis, he was the only one who said he didn't believe there was a climate climate crisis and that it was based on bad science. Uh, when he was asked about the town's reaction, uh, re, re, what the town's reaction should be to systemic racism, he said he didn't understand what is meant by systemic racism. Uh, when he was asked about affordable housing, uh, whether there should be more affordable housing in town, he said, I'm not sure we can do anything about that. Um, and when he was calling out people to vote, he asked the people not mail in their vote uh, because he was worried about mail in votes. So I do think in a, in a, in a way, I'm not, uh, you're laughing, but I'm just saying like he expressed points of view, which some people yeah. share, but which were very different, I think, than, uh, than you or my perspective. And, pro and, and also in, as, as uh, discussed during the League of Women Voters were very different. Not, none of the other three candidates said anything like those answers. What I would classify him as, you know, I mean, obviously hard to classify people. I felt like he was the, of, of the four of them, he's kind of the small government candidate, which yes. we don't really have yes. him very much, but That's he is true. Yeah. very interested yeah. on reducing costs. He feels yeah. the government's too big. Like they asked him what one position he would hire and he don't want to hire anyone. He says there's too many already. Right. Um, right. So he's interested in lowering the tax burden um, and, and, uh, you know, limiting how much the taxes go up. So that's, that's, he, I don't, I didn't hear any of the other candidates, you know, focusing on that. So that is that, that to me from a issues thing makes him very different, you know, outside of, you know, some of his perspectives, which were, uh, you know, I think different than, than a lot of us in Needham. The other thing is, although it's, although it's not a hundred, um, what I'm about to say is not a hundred percent true of the five people on the select board, you know, the select board skews older white male. There's one woman, Marianne Cooley. There's one younger person, youngish person, Mapparelli. But it does skew largely sort of white male. And of the candidates running that we just discussed, um, Lachmi is a, an Indian American woman and Marcus Nelson is a black man. Uh, Marcus Nelson, I think, is considerably younger, doesn't have kids uh, than anybody who's on the board now. Um, Lachmi, Mo, and, and Serge, I think, are more of sort of the you know, median age around maybe a little lower uh, than the current board members. So um, there is the potential the for yeah, yeah. any of the three would be a dramatic change for the select board. If any of those three um, were to land, one, and one of them is going to land one of those spots, right? I mean, the, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a big change, um, you know, in, 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 in the select board. And once again, it could be one of the five spots or it could be two of the five spots. You know, it's it's a it's an opportunity for change for those people who want change and for those people who don't want change, you know, like that's the other thing is that can create some, some sort of fear of what that could look like. It's also, I mean, I think a really interesting thing just about uh, representative government at this scale is, you know, these people were all asked about different issues and gave different kinds of answers, some very forthright answers, some more political uh, long-winded answers, and th but, you know, they're not in, some of them are not in any level of responsibility and power yet. And we'll have to wait and see. It was really interesting to me because the Muzzy zoning uh, proposal came up a couple of times during the League of Women Voters um, uh, discussion that, you know, um, Surge was totally against it. Mo is pretty much for it and has helped craft it. Um, and both Lachmi and Marcus were a little more careful in their answers and were focused on what they were saying, kind of a lack of transparency and a lack of communication around it, which, you know, is a very legitimate objection to raise, but it's not exactly saying, uh, you know, where, how tall the buildings are at Muzzy Ford that you would accept or what kind of zoning proposal you're for or against. 
So I think it'll be really interesting to see also as we get one or two new people onto the select board, you know, as they become responsible for making big town decisions, how, how, how does it play? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you I think with anyone who hasn't held those positions before, right, you, you, you can't look at their current track record of government. You have to look at what they've done sort of before they, you know, made this run, um, which makes them somewhat more of an unknown. But also, you know, once again, for people that are looking for change and new perspectives, they obviously bring that. But with Mo, I mean, for his number of years on the boards and in town leadership, you know what he's done. You know what he stands for. Um, you know what stances he's taking on these issues, you know, it's, it's, you don't picture they're, they're really going to change very much, you know? So if that, you know, it kind of, I, I think it, it makes for very, him, it's very, uh, looking at him, it's very, very crystal clear and anyone else, you know, you're piecing together from, from other places. So. Another thing I wanted to bring up about this, which is sort of tangential to the candidates themselves. But so, as you mentioned, one of the questions they were asked at the League of Women Voters Forum was if you could, uh, you know, wave a magic wand and create one new job in the town, what would you do? Uh, Serge sort of wouldn't go for it because he doesn't want to create any new jobs. And uh, Mo said uh, he wouldn't really want to create a new job, but he, if he was forced to, he would pick sustainability. But the thing that really caught my attention was that both Latchmi and Marcus basically gave some version of, we need someone to focus on information, community engagement, updating the website, and 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 like there clearly is a problem out there in the community. The website has not been improved at all. The there's not a lot more community engagement, and yet town meeting did appoint a public information officer. Uh, two years is that two years ago now? I think. Yeah, and, it's it's going to be up in the warrant this year. That that is another potential topic for a future podcast. But that was sold and actually most cited like that. Almost like we have that. We have a public information officer already, and. <laughs> that was sold to town meeting as, you know, we're going to improve transparency. We're going to, you know, the website help, you know, like basically what Marcus and Lakshmi are asking for. And the reality is that is still as much, if not more a problem two year, two or three years later, as it was when that position was put in. Yeah, no, I'm sure we're going to hear at town meeting a little about why that's the case. I mean, part of it obviously is there's this COVID crisis, which, you know, A, draws a lot of uh, need to be attended to, and B, makes it hard to get other certain kinds of things done. So uh, it'll be interesting to hear kind of what happened to that position and, and what the plan is going forward. So that is what town leadership says is why. But that is, what, nine months out of the past, you know, of, 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 of that stint. Um, I think the reality is, the priorities that that person was given by town leadership, which includes the select board and the town manager, was to focus on a different set of things than transparency. You know, that, that has not been the priority. Um, and once again, depending on whether that's something you desire or not, that personally is something I desire hugely. And if I think of COVID, even something as simple that when all the other towns were stating how many positives their towns had, and how many deaths they had, Needham blocked that for a long time. You know, right, we had to fight to get, we had to kind of fight to get that one. Yeah, yeah like so that's so once again, they're, they're, that you know, that's I'm not blaming that person. That person was chosen and and has been given a set of directives, and that to me is once again a difference of those candidates. You had two candidates that absolutely want to engage more people in government and want to make sure people are more educated about what's going on. Um, 
And, you know, that, that has not been a priority of, of current town leadership. So wherever you stand on that, that's, you know, that, that's, that, that's a key um, decision factor in this race. All right. So if you're interested in voting and, you know, this uh, kind of brief discussion has not given you enough information, we I certainly recommend, you know, both um, the League of Women Voters uh, discussion video is available online and also the Needham channel on cable TV uh, interviewed the candidates. And those are available online. And of course, also the candidates websites. And I'll put the links to all that stuff in the show notes uh, to there's, go along with this. Podcast. Also, it's not live yet, but it's supposed to go live on March 29th. Becca Rausch, our state senator, gave all of the select board candidates the same questionnaire of yes and no answers, and that's supposed to be posting. And that it was very interesting, the questions that were asked. Um, I think, I mean, I would have loved to have had it for this podcast because it did really force them to say what they stood for on a bunch of the you know controversial issues in town. Yeah, well, that will be interesting, too. All right, well, we can have that as follow-up, too, on the next the next episode of Needham Say More. But I think for this week, we should wrap it up. We're getting real long for a Needham well, Say More I, episode. I, <laughs> have, I have one other thing I want to talk I just wanted to talk about town. Oh, yeah. Because yep. there are competitive races in Precinct C, Precinct E, Precinct G, Precinct H, Precinct I. And I just want to say those are very important spots. There are obviously very you know skilled incumbents. There are a bunch of new people. I think a lot of people have been motivated to run for office over the past few years. So I think this, I would just urge you, if you were in one of those precincts, do your research, look at who those candidates are, look at what their backgrounds are, look at what they stand for. I think it really matters. Once again, this isn't something that people, sadly, there hasn't been enough interest, but I will tell you, town meeting is what is actually going to decide what ends up getting passed by whoever is in leadership. So they represent a good check and balance. Um, and what I would say is, um, don't, you know, just because you, you can vote for eight candidates doesn't mean you have to vote for eight candidates. I think I always say vote for the ones you support. Um, and I will also tell you that the list is in the order with incumbents first. So if you were to just choose the top numbers on the list, that does skew towards incumbents. So if incumbents are your preference, you do that. But I really think the better thing to do is to really vote on the, vote for the candidates that you think are going to be the best fit. Um, and just just to follow up on that, I think also like we should give the reverse call, which is I think a lot of town meeting members uh, run without doing very much, if any, uh, outreach or representation of their views or anything. So I think it is incumbent upon people running for town meeting also to whether it is to go to the Needham Facebook page or to start your own website or to do a mailer or whatever you want to do uh, to make sure that people can tell uh, if you have particular points of view on particular issues or what it is you think uh, makes you you know most interested and most qualified to be in town meeting. Because sometimes it's very hard. You know, there's a bunch of names you don't know and there's no information about them. Yeah. I mean, the League of Women Voters tries to collect information. So, I mean, I think that's one way to potentially judge candidates is if they don't submit something right that, you know, but you can read up on each, you know, of the people running and, you know, and, and make a decision. I also want to sadly point out the, the negative side of, yes, we have five contested. We also have five precincts that aren't contested, um, which, you know, is sad because I really think these are important positions that, you know, people people should fight for. Um in fact, in one of the precincts, there's actually not even a people enough people running. Precinct J, there are eight spots and only seven people running. Um, but I do know there are some write-in campaigns. So I wanted to mention that if you are in J, uh, Glenn Molno 
who a lot of you might know for running the Needham Restaurants group that has been helping restaurants all through COVID, is doing a write-in campaign in J, if that is of interest to you. All right. Little plug there from Doug Box. Uh, all right. So that's it. That is it for this week. Oh, no. I have one more thing I want to say. How can we end this without thanking the three incumbents <laughs> that have dedicated so much time to the town? So I just want to say, you know, John Bullion, who I think of as really the most accessible member of the select board, always willing to talk to anyone about anything, um, has spent 18 years there and obviously a huge amount of dedication to the town. So I wanted to say that. I know you work also, with Also, we know he's an avid listener. So we, we thank you. He's an avid listener. Yes. So. Anyways, I'm done. So on the school committee, uh, Sue Neckes and Heidi Black have given huge amounts of their time, energy, and intelligence to make the public schools in Needham a better place, a safer place, a more welcoming place. Uh, and we thank them for their service as well. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you. Sorry to make us run long. <laughs> it is the longest episode ever. It's a new record. All right. I am Aaron Pressman. And I am Doug Fox. Thanks so much for joining us.